0: We're going to recite this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. It's good to have uh, Cathy's dad here. It's good to have you here. Amen. Today, I want to start. I don't know if this is a series or not, but like I told you, what's been happening to me, and it's been for a while, uh, the Lord just dropped something in my, in my head, and I'm going, okay, where are we going with this? And uh, just follow with His leading and then come up with what He's telling me to share with you. And today, I'm sharing a very simple message loving Jesus. Loving Jesus. And we've been thinking about loving Him all day. Loving Jesus. It is important to know that man, in his natural state, before he is washed with the blood of Jesus, is incapable of loving God. You're ju- it's not just possible for any man who has not been washed with the blood of Jesus, to truly love God. They may claim they love God. They may say they love God. They may even go to church. They may even sing in the choir. Maybe even preach. But until they are washed with the blood of Jesus, truly washed with the blood of Jesus, they cannot truly love God the way God wants to be loved. When God created man... He created man out of love. He wanted man to represent the Godhead. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is love. The essence of God is love. And there was that love between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They cannot be separated because love does not separate. Love unites. Always there. God is love. And so God created man in his image. Man is a product of love. You were born and created out of love. God made you in love. Never to be separated. Always united. And God wanted that love to be eternal. Eternal love between man and God. But then something happened sin separated man from god and what was supposed to be eternal was no longer eternal and that was a very painful day for god many of us don't realize we're thinking it's just saying god hates sin. no that was a lot of pain for god when this day, when this day came that was not his original intent he wanted a love relationship and he's still the same being, wanting love, love between God and man, just like the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, always one, never separated, never seen different things, always united because God is love. God. Saw that, and man was created in God's own image to be a part of this, not the, for the trees and all of that and everything that was on the earth. It was this relationship of love between God and man that was moving God. And, and God wanted that to be eternal, He wanted that to stay forever. But then Satan came in and separated it. And God was truly pained by this. Truly, pain by this. If you read in Genesis chapter three, you can hear God's voice from verse eight through nine, and I mean, I even goes on a little further. He says, "And they heard that Adam and Eve, after they have sinned, that now they were separated from God. After they have sinned, everything was different. They saw themselves differently. Now they had to hide away from God." He says, after. Uh, after this, and, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That was God's time for them. God came down from heaven to spend time with them. And Adam and Eve, his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Many are still doing that today. Many are still hiding away from the presence of God, they cannot stand being in His presence. They are still hiding because there is something that is separated. You cannot stay in the presence of love and not be brought close. But they were hiding from him because sin had come in. They were pr- hiding from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Who planted the trees? It was God himself. How could he hide? This was God speaking. I'm sure he knew everything, but you see, God doesn't experience. He knows what's going to happen, but He doesn't experience it until it's happened. I know you think differently, but that's what God said to Abraham. Now I know that you fear God, and please understand. In the Old Testament, uh, uh, the, the Bible was used the word "fear." <laughs> that was the motivating thing for them. The motivating force. For the Old Testament people to follow God, the Bible will use the word fear. But in the New Testament, that changed. The word love is used. So God would have said in the Old Testament, now I know that you love me, Abraham. Now I know that you love me. But that was Old Testament. It was a shadow. Love couldn't be used. But after Jesus died and the blood was shed, that was lifted, now God can use the word love because it's possible for us to truly love God the way he created us to love him in the first place. So now what motivates the Christian is love. If you love me, you keep my word. That's what Jesus said. So, But now in the Old Testament, that was different. It says, then the Lord God called Adam. Adam, where are you? Man, that's the word Adam. Where are you? Some of us, God's still looking for us. God's still looking for you. Wanting to be a part of your life. Love. light." Hope, strength, health, all of this. God looked for Adam, he couldn't find Adam. You think he's gonna see Adam? He probably could he's God. Nothing's hidden from him. But when you hide yourself from God, guess what? You're hidden. It was Adam that was hiding himself. So when you hide from God, you're hidden from him even though he can see all things. And you can tell in the pain of his voice, Adam, where are you? And Adam replied, that's not recorded yet. Adam replied, I heard the sound of your voice walking in the garden. And I was afraid. And I hid myself because I was naked. (laughs) There are a lot of people today that are walking the earth They are still naked. They have clothes on. But when God looks down and sees them, and if they're honest with themselves, they're still naked. Walking around naked. Adam said, I was naked. And when you are naked, it's hard to come close to God. It's hard to embrace love. When you're naked, So they said, we're naked. We're vulnerable. We are open to any kind of attack. We are not covered. We are not protected. We're naked. We need help. But instead of running to the one that could give them help, they were running away from him. And that's what sin does. Instead of running to God, Satan lies to you, that you possibly can handle your problem by yourself. And you run away from the very source of your help. They said, I was naked. And God, in the pit. who told you you were naked? God said. How did you discover that? Who told you that? Have you done what I told you not to do? That's the only way you could be naked. What happened here? So man moved from that eternal love. God didn't move. God remained the same God. The same intense. He can't change himself. He is love. That same intensity of loving him was still there for him towards man. He couldn't give up. And so God from that time on I've been fighting hard to win back that eternal love between Him and man. But some are still running. Some are still hiding. Come back home, God says, and find real peace. And find real hope. And find real joy. Get to know the true meaning of life. The true meaning why you are on the earth. You are not just created to live on the earth, just to live for 99 years and it's over. That's not life. That's a drop in the bucket. You have the whole of eternity. Once you have been born, you will always be alive. You may die, but you're still alive. If God's true, and I know the scripture's true, I think the other week I was sitting with a man who had died and came back to life. And we're trying to record that. I think I work with uh, Brian to get him uh, videoed. But he knows there's life after this life. And the life after this life is more real than this life. Sometimes it's hard for me to understand how people think. If you are leaving Africa for America, that's a good place to go. (laughs) And you know there is no way of going back. You won't be allowed to go back. Are you going to wait until the last day to buy your ticket? There may not be any seat left. You prepare how can you live this life into another life that you've never been in don't know what you are going to be confronted with and you live this life only to go discover that it may not be well with you throughout eternity and you're okay with that that's serious And it's even worse after you know and you have tasted of it and you turn away just like Judas. You know, I was saying in Sunday school this morning, I'm really amazed at what's happening in Christianity today because a lot of people are beginning to think Just because I said a few words. The preacher said, repeat after me. (laughs) Uh, We repeated these few words. Now, uh -uh. even Paul was, he said, I don't want to run this race in vain. Paul was serious about it. Jesus talked a lot about falling away. If you are not in, how could you fall away? I don't go by people's theology. I go by what I read in the scriptures. Falling away means falling away. You can't fall unless you are somewhere up there. But we have to be very careful. Jesus says, take heed to yourself. Be very careful. Take heed to yourself. This is very important. This is eternal life. You could miss it. And if you do, boy, that's a terrible thing. It's time to follow God with all of your heart. And I pray to God all the time. It is my prayer to Him. And be very frank with you, God. I need you to keep me. I'm not going to go to heaven because I'm a pastor of the Ark Fellowship. I got my ticket from the Ark Fellowship. Oh God, I'm coming in. It's not going to work that way. I ask him, God, please help me. Keep me true to following you. Don't allow your name to be disgraced because of my life. Protect me, God. You know, your word is already said, you, without me, you can do nothing. I say, God, I welcome all of that word. You see, I can't do anything on my own. But please keep me. I know the word of God. He says, whatever you k- commit to him, he is able to keep. So, God, here I am. I'm throwing myself at your, merc- your mercy. I want to be there. I want to be numbered among them. I want to be there. A lot of people are playing games with God today. There are people that are living in sin. I mean, they're practicing it. And some of them rationalize you go to bar and you drink with them and do all of that stuff. You're telling yourself you are going there to convert them to the, to the Lord. Before long, they have converted you. Or you are just worse than the rest of them. That's a crazy thing. If you want to preach, why you go to a bar, especially if that's where you came out from. I mean, if you were already having problem with drinking, why go there? That's what God delivered you from. And you think you can go there and convert them, as soon as they see you, they are offering you several free bottles of beer. And then you have to really consider it. That's free. And they'll tell you, brother, it's free. Taste a little bit. Before long, you are with them. Sitting with discomfort. That's not a place to be. The Bible is clear. In the last days, difficult times will come. And men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. These are the days. Look at what's happening in America today. I'm going somewhere about this. Loving Jesus. Loving Jesus. I never thought in my entire life, I would hear the kind of things I'm hearing happening in the church today. Even in the church. Church organizations are saying, This is okay. I'm thinking, the world has come to an end. Something is is really wrong. You may think you're not a part of that, but the Bible says, he who thinks he stands, let him take heed, so you don't fall. God came down because of love for us. He couldn't let go. And if you're here this morning, and you've not come home, God will not let go. You can run as fast as you want to, but He's coming after you. He wants you home. And it's for your own good. Believe me, it's for your own good. Where you are running to, there is nothing pleasant there. When you finally get there, you might find yourself eating with pigs. It's time to come back home. He came from heaven. Love compelled God to come to the earth. To find you. To find me. God became a man. And lived among us. That same God that created the universe. Look up in the sky. see See the stars. Look up if you've been in the ocean, look around. I get so amazed. And I'm wondering, so this same God came to live with us? And lived among us? I know you don't think about it. And had to use the toilet just like the rest of us? That's incredible. That he will put himself In that condition, just to have me. And to have you. To have day and night. Tired. That's God. For me and for you, that's love. And if you don't respond to that kind of love, you don't want to see his face on that day. You really don't want to see his face on that day. Because you wasted his love and didn't respond to it. He came down to have you because you are that precious to him. He came to have you. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, But God demonstrated. God demonstrated his love towards us. That's towards me. He not only said it, he demonstrated it. He acted it out by becoming a man to live among us. He demonstrated it. While we were still in sin. It's an amazing thing. Jesus was dying for those that were killing him. Accusing him. Spitting on him. And he was dying for just spinning on him so that they can be free. That's an amazing love. It's, it's, not, it's never found, it can't be found on this earth. That's from heaven. That is an amazing love. So no matter what you've done, God loves you. No he forgave those who were killing him, you can be forgiven and be a member of his family. Amen. And no day will he ever mention back to you. You remember when you used to. That's humans do that. They forgive you until you do it again and they spit it all back at you. That's man. But God's not like that. He said he'll forget as if you've never done it. You know, originally I wanted to title this uh, message. I struggled with it. But I had to stay with what I felt God had given to me. Uh, my whole mind was coming to, to, you know, into play. I wanted to t- title it, Loving Jesus and Loving John. I know you don't know what I mean. John represents... Mankind. Mankind. God is love. Notice the Bible says God is love. Faith is good. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is so great in our Christian life. But God never referred to himself as faith. God is not faith. Faith. God is very patient. But God's not patience. That's not, his, that's not who He is. He can be very patient. Eternally patient. God's not peace. He can give you peace. God calls Himself love. For God is love. That's the essence of his being. And because he is love, the only commandment he has for mankind, you and I, is what? Commandment of love. That's the only commandment. Everything about God is love. Love is the fulfillment of the commandments. That's what the Bible tells us. Because God is love. So if you love God, according to 1 John, you're with God. But you can't really love the way God loves unless you have been washed with the blood of Jesus. Sin will not let you do it. You need to be cleansed first before you can love. This is His commandment. Somebody says, which is the great commandment? Jesus replied, Matthew 22, 37 through 40. You shall... Love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Right? All of your heart, nothing left. All. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, the seat of your emotion. Your will, decision making, God must be number one. Number one. Because until you operate in that realm, you are operating outside God. And it's not safe. You have to love God with everything that you have. He demands it. And he has the right to demand it. Because love died on the cross, so you can return his love. I don't understand what love does us loving God does to him? I think is that what what he wanted with from the beginning between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's missing, and when God doesn't have that between himself and the man that he created, something is not going to be. Something is going to hurt. He doesn't like it. There's dissonance there. There's a lot of trouble there. There's no peace there because God will have that. He's got to have that love. It's important to love because what you love is what you serve. What you love is what you serve. And so God says, love me first. Because if you don't love me first, you'll serve somebody else. So the commandment is to love God first and to love your neighbor as you serve. You want to be great? Love your neighbor. That means serve your neighbor. The servant is the greatest one. The one who serves is the one that's going to be great. Anything you do to make somebody else's life better, better your own life. Sometimes they'll pay you for it. Oh yes. If they're in the hospital, you take care of them, they pay you for it. When you serve, life's better for you. When you serve out of love. What you love. Is what you serve. That's why Jesus said it in Matthew. 6.24 No one can serve two masters. (laughs) So there are going to be masters on the earth. We all need masters over our lives. (laughs) You have to have it. But you have to choose who you want to be your master. It's your choice. And the one you love is the one that's going to be your master. I want God to be my master. I want to love him so he can be my master. And I want to love men so I can serve them. So I can serve them. You, no one. It, no one means no one. Don't lie to yourself. You can't be serving God and serving something else. It's not possible. No one can do it. Jesus cannot lie. He speaks the truth. If you don't love God, you got another master. And guess, guess who is behind that master that you have? The devil. No, the devil is not my master. Keep saying it. As long as you don't love God, he knows you are his servant. No one can serve two masters. It's impossible for you to serve two people. But you are going to serve one master. At least you will. Whether you like it or not, you will serve one master. It's either God is your master or something else is your master. For me, I want God to be my master. For my family, I want God to be our master. I want the one to, the God to be the one directing my home because he is love. And love doesn't bring anything hurtful. He brings peace and joy. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You just cannot do it. You know, you can be in church And your actions and the things that you do, say to God, you despise me. There are a lot of Christians today, they argue with God, there's things that they know what to do, but they won't do it. They know the truth, they won't do it. They argue, they don't want to do it. They, They know they need to spread the gospel, but they're not willing to give to that. They won't go. They hold back their ties. They have reasons for doing it. God understands. He doesn't. If you love Him, you let it go. That woman left the only two minds she had because of her love for God. She let it go. See, you can You can fool man. You can't fool God. He sees everything. He knows what you're thinking. He knows his own. He knows everything that you're thinking. His best will be Him. If you're not listening to Him, and we're coming to that, He knows you don't love Him. You say it with your mouth. He says, you draw near me with your mouth, but your heart's far from me. Your heart's far from me. It's time for us to turn around, repent, turn around and say, God, I want all of you. I want all of you. I'm not going to play games. I'm going to live right. I'm going to do what's right before god this is too much game going on in the house of god we forget that this blood was shed for us and then one day we are going to give account of our life before god the church doesn't talk about that anymore but believe me this day is coming very quickly and we really need to sit up and begin to think about what we're doing to ourselves because you're doing this to yourself If you don't turn around and really devote everything to God, your time, your money, what you do, where you go, all of these things. You are a Christian, a follower of God. He should reflect that that should be how people see you in life. If it's not, if man cannot see it, how could God see it? If if man cannot, man that could be deceived... If they cannot see you really all sold out for God, who sold himself out for us? You don't exchange or give your money away for something that you don't want. He gave all to have you. Why don't you give all to have him? We hold him back too much. There is a service for our God. And I've told God, because I'm a Christian myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm pastor, that's just something to do. I cry out to God, please help me, God. I, I don't want to say I've been a Christian all these years. Now, I'm not able to follow you, I've lost my first love. A lot of claims, but we need to be serious. I know you say God understands. He doesn't. Tell me how you will understand if it was your son on the cross. And people cursing him. Challenging him. How would you understand that? That was your son. I think Christianity is getting kind of watered down. Among men, but God has a remnant. God always has a remnant. And I want to be one of those. I want to serve Him with everything that I have. No games. I'm going to give everything. He's just money, He's just time. I plan to go to Africa this time, not because I just want to go wanna win, I wanna please my father. He wants to be he wants me to be fruitful. I wanna go. Whatever I cost, I'm gonna do it. He did everything for me. He spent thirty three years. No electricity, no air conditioning, none of this type of buildings we had, that was God living in a hurt, just this tiny place, sweating all night. I've got to live for Him. I've got to live for Him. This is what it's all about. I'm sorry I'm taking a lot of time today, but I need to talk to you from my heart today. Yeah. That yeah. So that we sit up and serve this God with everything that we have. There's a part of this message, it's just beginning. You will not lose your reward. Here in the world to come. I want to see him in peace. I don't want to be worried when I approach him. I want to go with confidence. That's what Paul said. I want a great entrance when I see him. I'm going to close with this. Many times I think about people like Stephen. Stephen almost became like his master. Stephen was being stoned. For his faith. I don't know. I'm going to be in the same heaven with that man. In the same place with him. Nobody stoned me. And I don't know. How painful it will be to have rocks on my against my body at such velocity. I'm sure he felt it. But God opened his eyes. He looked up into heaven. We know Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. That Jesus was standing. Read the scripture. Jesus was standing. To welcome his servant home that was dying. What's holding you back? What's, what do you want? What's holding you back for? Nobody's asked for your life, nobody's asked to kill you. It's free to worship God here. What's holding you back? You got to make a commitment to him today. And through everything. I've told God, it doesn't matter what happened to me. Please help me to bear it. I'm ready. I'm going to serve you. No matter what comes against me. No matter what people say. I'm going to follow you. Um, thank you. I'm gonna follow you. I'm not doing this to be a Christian. No. I want to serve him. Today we're gonna make a commitment to God. And please let God change your heart. This is not about preaching. Yes, good message, that's okay. But no, I want life that gives given to God. And we're gonna do that today. Can I hear an amen? amen. No more games. We're going to serve God with all of our heart. We don't know the time. We don't know the day. He comes as a thief in the night. And today is that day. All heads bowed this morning. (coughs) We need to be about our Father's business, we need to stop making excuses. We need to be about our Father's business. God does not understand your excuses. You do what you want to do. You make time for what you really want to do. We need to serve Him. We need to serve Him. We need to commit to Him today. And for those of us that are here to this morning and you haven't made a commitment to Christ, what's keeping you back? Can you just put your hand up? I'm surrendering to Christ today. Let me see your hand up. Let me see your hand up right now. Right now. I'm surrendering everything to Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Let's commit to him today. And let's say to him, God, say that with me, God, by your grace and by your power, I'll serve you. I'll live for you. I'll do whatever you ask me to do in your name. Amen. Amen. We have our connection card. Please look up. There's a place where it says my decision. It talks about I am committing my life to Christ for the first time and renewing my commitment to God. If you're renewing your commitment to God, meaning there's got to be change. I will change the way I do things. I will spend more time with God. I will spend more time praying. I will spend more time reading the scriptures. I want to know about this God. You want to know Him here first before you see Him face to face. So you recognize Him when you see Him. Amen. If you want to be baptized, let, let us know. And if you want to talk to any of us, let us know. Please come to me, come to Angela, come to our pastors. And uh, fill this and place it in the offering bucket as it goes by. We're going to be taking our offering. We thank God for our church. We have givers. We've never lacked. God's always provided for our needs because we serve Him. God's always done that. And I'm very grateful to Him that He's done that from day one. Because this is his work. And if God's touched your heart, please give. Don't forget our television ministry. We are planning very soon to see if the countries, people can start supporting the program themselves. But right now, we are moderating it until God changes that for us. But we'll keep doing what God has asked us to do. Thank you, Jesus. What a privilege to give to God. To be a part of his program. To me it's a joy. He gives back to us. If you don't have a job. And you want God to give you something. Why don't you sow something? I know you hear that on television. And it's very hard to relate to it. But it's true. If you give something to God. He'll give it right back to you. Give. So that God will give back to you. Can you So, give, God will give back to you. Good measure, praise them, shaking together. Those are the words of Jesus. And I believe what He said. Amen? So, we give. God's blessed this ministry. We're able to do everything that we want to do. And we don't stress because of God's goodness. Amen. And remember, right after church, we have some. Good food back there. The youth, they prepared for us. Can buy your food. They are raising funds just to help their ministry. So please help. Buy some food. Uh, we're having a staff meeting today. So the staff eating from the youth today. <laughs> so that's good. We'll put the money there. Amen. Please raise your offering to our God. And let Jesus receive your offering today. Elijah, it's good to see you home. Good to see you. Let's raise our offering. Let it take take it from us. Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to give to your work here on earth. And we're so grateful that you've counted us worthy to be partners with you in what you're doing on the earth. So we ask that you receive our offering. Worship the Father on our behalf. And we know you will bless us according to your word in return. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for giving. God bless you. Don't forget me, you know. (laughs) I want blessings also. (laughs) We'll continue with this message next week. I want to show you some of the benefits of loving Jesus. And uh, these benefits are true. They go down from generation to generation as you love Him. Such a beautiful thing.